Hello there, I'm John Sadiq. Welcome to Authentic Living. It's my mission through this work to guide and inspire individuals to recognize and understand their true nature and beauty through the process of direct insight and through self-realization. If you'd like to know more about Authentic Living, visit www.authenticliving.life. May peace and presence be yours. Express yourself completely, then keep quiet. Be like the forces of nature. When it blows, there is only wind. When it rains, there is only rain. When the clouds pass, the sun shines through. If you open yourself to the Tao, you are at one with the Tao, and you can embody it completely. If you open yourself to insight, you are at one with insight and you can use it completely. If you open yourself to loss, you are at one with loss and you can accept it completely. Open yourself to the Tao, then trust your natural responses and everything will fall into place. You've also got to look for the thought that's not just the mind uh, trying to give you something to kind of say sort of thing or a kind of mind thing, you know, because uh, we already know the answers to a lot of those things that come up when they come up. Uh, and the mind will kind of try to kind of sort of throw stuff out, but then it's the kind of like, you know, the truer questions about our practice that, that's kind of uh, where sort of healing and movement lies. Um, I think right. I thought is something about <clears throat> losing it and coming back to it and trusting that that will happen. Yeah. And just that's, this is feedback about my experience. Yeah. And uh, not getting discouraged because sometimes yeah, it all goes to hell. Yeah. Uh, in whatever way. Yeah. Well, usually I do sit and do something, but, but what it feels like varies. And, uh, but just kind of keeping a big, big enough view that, that things meander and you kind of come back to something again and again and again. Yeah. <clears throat> that makes any sense? Mm. I have a history of getting very discouraged if things are not easy. Mm. 
Mm. I think um, there's so many ways to look at that. Uh, something I've been—I don't know if I talked about this last week or not. I say my memory is is kind of quite bizarre in the last few months. Um, I kind of, yeah, things seem to arise. I kind of, was, last week I was talking about downloads. I get these kind of little downloads happen. <coughs> and something that's kind of been, been there around this, this sort of thing, this thing about losing sense of things, is, Well, there's the process of what actually happens. That's, that's kind of what, what's, what's coming to me now. Uh, and the thing is, trying to explain it to the mind <laughs> doesn't, doesn't help us um, come back to truth. But there is something to be said for, um, you know, at least seeing it in that way. Uh, but basically what the mind's function is, or one of the mind's functions is, is to create, or what it likes to do, uh, when matched with ego and uh, emotion, is to create mind objects, things that we believe in. Um, and it's very, it's, if, you, if you just observe other people, it's really easy to see mind objects kind of being created Belief happens in those things, forces marshal around that to, to kind of convince you to believe in their arguments and stuff like that. Think of any politician, for example. Um, and, you know, or m every structure that we have societally is, is, a, is a mind object. Uh, we just societally agree to believe in these things. We believe in money, for example, you know, and yet there is none. There is none. There's, there's some electricity in a machine that says there's money. Uh, and yet we conduct all this movement on the basis of belief in uh, a, a global mind object. People get killed for it. Wars are fought for it. I'm not saying it's anything as extreme as that, but the mind can create such things. Our identity is another mind object on a personal level. The person that we think we are is a collection of mind objects and this thing that we might call, you know, feeling and so on. And through our conditionality and time, we've come to believe in it. And very often when people say, I, I am losing it, or I've lost the feeling of it and things like that, it's because our identity has shifted more to the identity, the created identity, rather than the spacious identity. Um, and yet, <clears throat> that's bound to happen, and there's nothing to worry about. Because if you have had even the smallest taste of what's true inside you, then, then you're never going to forget that on the most fundamental level. And you will find a way, life will find a way. Um, unfortunately, the way that it usually finds 
if we kind of go into kind of more unconsciousness, and by more unconsciousness I mean stronger identification with the mind object of our identity, um, then the way that life tries to knock on the door is through suffering. Um, and it does that until we actually learn that we don't need to suffer anymore. Uh, and, and then we, we can kind of come out of that. Because um, we don't have to, you know, actually. It's, about, it's like the difference between reacting and responding, I suppose. It's, it's as subtle as that, really. Mind objects cause reaction. Um, and spaciousness allows for response. And so the more we respond from our truest identity, the, the, uh, you know, the more beautiful life is, really. It's not that things get easy. We're still gonna, the body is going to age and die, uh, and people will leave through all sorts of things. Uh, but we won't be victim to it. We'll actually understand what's, what's really there. We see the space in things because we see we, we know the space in ourselves. So I think taking a time-based approach, uh, because like our first meditation this evening was 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 almost to try and not try to, but just kind of let go of the day. You know, when we, when we've had a big day, whatever kind of day we've had. Then there's thoughts of tomorrow and what the day's been like. So we futurize or we're in the past or whatever. And it's only in present and presence that we have, can have that spaciousness. Uh, which doesn't mean that we can't make simple plans. You know, tomorrow I will turn up at work and these are the things I will do. It doesn't mean we can't do those things. Uh, but we do it presence, 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 presence rather than sort of being already there and worrying about it or whatever. And um, what seems to happen, uh, which is beautifully encouraging, is, is that the more we recognize that spaciousness in ourselves, the more trust we begin to have in it. Um, and it's odd because it's always the wrong way around, isn't it? Um, The mind is not the thing that we need to get to trust. It's just more recognition in a way. But then when we feel the confidence and the beauty that comes from being in truth, then we perhaps let go of mind objects a bit more and we begin to actually see them for what they are. I, mean, I think that's more truthful, actually, that's more pointing to something. Um, I don't know if that means anything sensible uh, because everything is just trying to point at something. Um, but you begin to rest on the earth. You begin to sort of be in the moment more. And then, of course, things will pull you out depending on your proclivities and the things that you strongly identified with in your life. 
And so those will have a kind of a greater hold maybe for a longer time. But if we just, you know, they say in Zen, just the act of sitting is enlightenment itself. And, um, and I think it is just that, it's just keep turning back up, you know. But what is lovely, you know, with what you're saying is, is that something in you knows just to keep doing that. And, um, and it's not about trying harder or sitting more or, uh, you know, I'm really going to meditate this weekend. You know, it's, it's, not, <laughs> it's not packing it in. Uh, it's just simply turning up. And, um, you know, we're very lucky in that it's nothing to achieve. There's nothing hard to achieve. Uh, it seems like it when we're absolutely trapped in, in mind objectification, perhaps, or identity, or identification with objects, or emotional objects, too. Um, but it's right here already, so the, the sense of that, that, you know, the, the two or three methods that we use, which look like techniques, but they're not, really, of kind of either tuning into the silence behind the senses, or one particular sense, or it's really interesting, I don't know if you had an experience in the first meditation of when you genuinely allow yourself to kind of be aware of the life in you, you can actually sense that that arises from a kind of spacious place. And just resting with that, which doesn't mean kind of you can't do anything, it's just doing that or being that in all things uh, will cause uh, great changes to occur. Claire and I were just talking, actually. Uh, I just I actually did a bit of journaling for myself before before you came in because I've not had a chance to sit with my journal for a few days so I've been making kind of these notes that I've been trying to get down and um, uh, I won't read what I've written but um, it's almost like in our, our kind of daily lives if we allow kind of the word I've written down is channel, which is quite a strange thing. But if we kind of, if we bring, like say our work, if we bring presence to our work, if we bring this sense of being in spaciousness to our work and, you know, notice everything in our work that kind of brings us out of our spaciousness, then rather than trying to change the job, it's just noticing what has taken you out and brought you back to identification with kind of being a person you know, or a particular kind of person or something. And then just kind of attending to presence again, attending to the inner body or attending to the silence. What seems to happen is, is that the kind of the channels that we live through become kind of irrigated by this, I want to use the word God, actually. Uh, I haven't got another word, <laughs> but I know it has all sorts of connotations. And... Um, Irrigated by silence, irrigated by beauty, by love, by truth. Um, and, and things change. Things get cleaned out and change. Uh, and, you know, there are all sorts of side effects to that. You know, you could use the word abundance in a way. Kind of, there seems to be an abundance of things. Things start happening and changing. Um, and, and so at first it can seem very much like we're trying to 
just establish a practice or something um, to almost like get away from the stuff that's uncomfortable. But then the stuff that's uncomfortable becomes the practice because we actually, oh, look, something that's really whoa, sticky and icky and it's pulling me out. Fantastic. How do I, how do I come back in this? And of course, you just come back. There's no you to do anything, you know. There's, there's, there's that first truth of yourself. But it does swing. It does swing. Uh, and it does for everybody. Um, there's a sense of, I've got it, I'm having a lovely life, things are fantastic. And then, oh, it's gone. It's gone. What am I going to do now? Oh. <laughs> and I'll just kind of, I'll trudge along, you know kind of thing. And that's only because we've actually identified very strongly with something that we think is the truth. That feeling of, of not being in presence is what we're identifying with. Uh, and of course, you can't take the mind and make it undo. But as soon as you notice it and you're honest with yourself, oh, look at that. I've attached to a very painful mind object and now I'm suffering because I'm just feeling a kind of reduction of space. And I feel very isolated by that. Second you've named it, you're no longer in it. Rumpelstiltskin. Always Rumpelstiltskin. And, um, and then it's just, okay, self-care, self-love. Let's hit, hit that cushion. Let's call some friends up or something. Maybe sit together or listen to a guided practice or do some yoga nidra or go for a run or a swim or a walk in the woods. And and it'll start coming back. Hmm. I wrote something down. I know we should meditate in a second. Just two words I wrote down today, which is just, uh, and this, this fits in actually with what we're talking about. I think the sense of um, it, you know, I, I was in, I was in, so I was feeding somebody's cat the other day in their house because uh, they were away, <laughs> and uh, and a book winked at me off their shelf. Like like books tend to wink at me off people's shelves, so I was kind of looking through the books in somebody else's house. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it's better than the knicker drawer. Anyway, isn't it? You know, there's a Raymond Carver story about somebody looking. Anyway, never mind. <laughs> it's called Neighbours. It's wonderful. I think it's in uh, Cathedral. Uh, or uh, what do we talk about when we talk about love? Either one of those two collections. Absolutely glorious story called Neighbours about these people who go away and the people that they've asked to let, look after their house. Just beautiful thing it is. And. Um, yeah, I was look, just looking in this book and, and I just opened this page and these two words were staring at me, just like that. Basic goodness. Basic goodness. And um, I think we, maybe we worry too much about, you know, there's big words hanging over us if, we, if we're doing this stuff. Meditating, spiritual path, whatever you want to call it. There's terrible words like enlightenment and, um, you know, truth. And things like that, and uh, and actually, identification with objects, mind objects, and things. 
you know, largely takes us away from our basic goodness, it seems, because we believe in something and then we have to convince others of it. And coming back to spaciousness allows just the basic goodness of who we are to be. And I think that would be enough, really. And I think that's really what meditation is for. And that's what we're doing. So if you have a sense of that basic goodness, that's not got any mind stuff going on in it, then, then that's, a, you know, that's really a, a good path. A good thing to kind of um, be going for. Forget enlightenment, you know. What's the book? Uh, it was called Yoga from the Inside. And it was about y using yoga in a way to kind of, uh, you know, deossify your life, basically. Uh, and it said it much nicer, much better than I'm saying it right now. I think. Um, yeah, I can't remember who wrote it. Um, yeah, yoga from the inside, but it was just about that, about how as we attend to our practice, just turn up on the mat, as they say in Zen, turn up on your cushion, and slowly, you know, the basic goodness kind of just, it's not that we have to create it, it's just that it's already there.